Welcome everyone to On Podcast, the Microsoft Podcast, where we talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast, per usual. I am your host today, Kareem Anderson, joined by the world's greatest co-host, Arif Bakis. And we have a walloping heap of Microsoft news. I know I say that every week, it just seems like we keep piling on. When we think we're done, there's just more news. So uh, let's get started talking about uh, our leaked uh, information about Windows 11 features coming up soon. Yeah, there we were leaks. About, there were leaks like yeah. all across the web from like all different accounts relating to stuff that is coming in Windows 11. Just the just a week after they said, "Hey, maybe more technical Windows insiders might find some stuff." Well, those technical Windows insiders did find some stuff, and we're gonna talk about it. Yeah, and then we have Microsoft Defender Preview app on Windows 11, uh, and I believe on iOS and, and Android. Android. Yep. Yeah, and we'll talk about what that is and what that means for the future. Uh, we'll also be talking about uh, Windows 11 features that were that are testing in beta, so confirmed features, not leaked features uh, <laughs> that actual people will be using and not just talking about. And then we have our fast recap because we can't fit all the news in one in three main segments because it was a crazy busy week and there's tons of stories to get through in fast recap. First of which is Microsoft trying to steal away Google's G Suite legacy free tier customers with a very interesting deal on 12 months of Microsoft 365. Yeah, and then we'll be talking about OneNote for the web, getting a ton of new features uh, and what that might mean for an eventual unification of OneNote altogether. And then also a new Your Phone feature coming to Windows 10 and Windows 11 users and Windows Insiders. We'll be talking about Microsoft's App Store principles and how that plays into the Activision uh, acquisition. And also Call of Duty staying on PlayStation. And if that wasn't enough, we got a ton of stuff even for the week ahead. And we, we haven't even begun to see what the week's going like, <laughs> to shape up and be like. But we have uh, Microsoft uh, I think they have a security event on the 24th. Yep. We have an and Inspire then, event coming up in July 12th through the 13th. Yep. And there's also been some talk today about a possible new Surface laptop or Surface Pro X with Qualcomm's new Snapdragon 8CX Gen 3 chips. Ah, and then Microsoft is also in talks. I mean, they're apparently their purse is just pouring open and money <laughs> burning a hole in their pocket to buy a cybersecurity firm. Mandiant, Mandiant, Mandiant. I think it's, I don't know, I'm probably pronouncing it incorrectly. Uh, but this is a report according to Bloomberg. So, with that being said, let's jump into the news. Yeah, the first big story is what everyone came here for is leaked upcoming Windows 11 features. Now, this came from a series of different accounts. And as we said at the top of the show, Microsoft hinted at some stuff coming through to win the Windows Insider program this year, and they mentioned that uh, more experienced Windows Insiders might find a couple of features here and there that are purposely disabled because they would only talk about new features when they're ready to talk about it. But don't tell that to Albacore, who is also known as Book is Closed on Twitter, because he just uncovered a ton of features that Microsoft are working on for Windows 11. And the first one of those is a stickers feature for your desktop wallpaper. Now, I'm not sure what this is. Maybe you can explain it a little bit more, but apparently you can now put stickers on your desktop wallpaper. Yeah, Um I don't know what this is. <laughs> I believe uh, Ranger Foley and, and Paul Thrott, even Brad Sands, I think we're all kind of wondering what this could be. I mean, we do have a sticky notes feature, and we do have 
icon. So I don't know how this works as far as what it will visually look like on the desktop, but uh, we'll see. Maybe these are uh, akin to the 3D emoji kind of thing. Maybe this is something that you can pin to your desk taskbar or your desktop and it, it's interactive, so to speak. You can maybe hover over it and give you an animation or something. I don't know, but it seems to be, you know, rumor worthy. So we'll find out hopefully soon in the next couple of weeks. And his second feature, he wasn't done with one because he has more. It's the revelation of a new EcoScore thing coming to Windows 11 settings, and then also a sustainability page in system settings, which will give you tips on how to recycle your device if you want to throw it away, and a little like leaf glyphs that show you how energy efficient your system is. And then also he uncovered some changes to notifications where you'll see a change of name for focus assist being switched over to just quote unquote focus and also some better visibility options for your notification priorities. Yeah, and then finally we have uh, the reappearance of uh, some old uh, tablet setting uh, yep. mode or gestures in the modes coming in. Uh, I mean, this is kind of that's what you everybody. talked about a couple of weeks yeah. ago. You're like, they need to put more stuff in for tablet users. And now, hey, they're delivering. Yeah, this is interesting. Like, yeah, I think the new part of the mention of the new gesture feature is that you'll be able to do a swipe up from the taskbar area from the bottom of your screen to get to quick settings. Uh, so this, again, this gives more people uh, accessibility. So if you don't can't use a, a keyboard, have to use the touch screen. This is uh, another way to navigate the operating system. Again, these are rumors. We'll see, you know, of course, pretty good at like finding this stuff, but we don't know when, if and when this will come to pass. But uh, that was one thing. I think there's also new uh, windowing options that will be coming in. And I know that they have them for keyboard and mouse options. We're going to be getting a new set of possible ways to window things. But there's also mention that you'll be able to do it in gesture form as well. So. Uh, that's some other things. I'll let you talk about taskbar as well, because it's this like is it's, this this it one is. Yeah, this one is exciting for people who are familiar with Windows 10, where it gives you that little up and down arrow that lets you switch between open apps when you fill up your taskbar. And that's missing in Windows 11, along with a long list of other things that people have complained about. But uh, Albacore, separate from what we talked about earlier, this came a couple of days after, but he discovered that they're bringing back that taskbar overflow menu where you uh, it'll be like a little ellipsis in the taskbar and then you click it and then you'll be able to choose uh, your different apps that are open because right now it only show just one app in that overflow menu so it's kind of like a big significant improvement for multitasking yeah definitely i think i wrote about this as well yeah. is that uh like you said uh being able to access those things strictly from the taskbar you know can help speed up productivity so it was a kind of a stumbling block for some of us who do fill up the taskbar, not many, but who do fill it up and get to that end and you have to kind of dig through to find out where your open apps are. You, uh, this will be another way to kind of navigate that and bring some more functionality back to the taskbar. Uh, the other thing that's going to be uh, coming into play for the taskbar, rumored, is drag and drop. Uh, I think we've all been kind of wanting that uh, for those of us who are power users. I didn't even know you could do it, but other people did and they've been asking for it, begging for it, and this should be coming back pretty soon. I'll let you last, last to talk about uh, Task Manager. Yeah, the this is from a separate Twitter account. This is from Firecube Studios, and he posted a screenshot of a tweaked uh, Task Manager app, which I think we talked about a couple of weeks ago, but he discovered now in one of the new builds, I think it was 
build 22543 where there's a new home tab that also shows you your uh, app health and your battery health and as well as your overall system per, uh, links to see your overall system performance and your startup app. So basically Microsoft is centralizing some of the features that you usually would have to go digging for in the Windows settings under what this one hub in the main screen of the task manager. And again, it's rumored and it's been disabled uh, because Microsoft is not ready to test it yet, but Firecube Studios, he enabled it and he says it's currently broken, but, and he did some tweaking to try and get it working, but it looks like something that they'll be considering testing soon. And speaking of testing soon, it was just today on Friday that Zach Bowden, he put out a huge expose on what's coming ahead in the Windows Insider program. And I know you had some thoughts on what what he's tr- what what's coming up next. Yeah, I mean it's a lot of what we talked about, and my thoughts are basically I know that um, he got a response from from uh, certain people who work at Microsoft. You were just pleased with him kind of breaking the news, and to 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 that I say that uh, you know these are features. This is insider testing. Like you know I don't unless you're going to be giving people a big gift or a birthday cake or a surprise with it. This isn't like <laughs> you know something that we need to celebrate. And keep hidden, keep secretive. This reminds me of the Sanofsky days where, you know, everything was tight-lipped and, and, and hidden around as like some sort of big surprise. But we're going to be testing this and just give it to us and let us start testing it. Uh, for all the normal people, you know, our like family members and other people who, teachers and things like that, don't have time to do it. This will be a big surprise for them and it'll be a huge surprise in October. But for us, just release the features and let us get, a, you know, let us get testing. Let us give you the feedback so that, you know, it speeds up the process. Don't try and like... I know you want to wait till they're done, which is you know a good way to go, but I'm sure they're still going to need a lot of work even when you release it. So let's just get to work on it. So uh, I, I thought it was a lot a lot to do about nothing about his expose. Not that he should have written it. It's just you know again we, we overall these are a lot of tweaks and and refinements to the operating system. Nothing mind blowing just yet. So again, when we get to tablet mode and it it has a ton of new features. Then we can start talking about, oh, maybe Microsoft should be making, uh, you know, better tablets and maybe we should, you know, have that discussion. But right now we're just saying like, oh, Windows 11 will look a little nicer and have a few more, you know, accessibility features. That's about it. And again, he he insisted that this was because of the two week. I think we, we talked about it for the last two weeks. There weren't any new dev channel builds, but yeah. the reason why is because they went back to the drawing board and they're adding these new features. And again, we talked about a lot of this already, but just as a quick recap for you people who are just joining us or missed it out, some of the things he's talking about is the ability to create app folders in the start menu. That's one thing that's coming. Support for file dragging and dropping on the taskbar. That's another thing that's coming. Uh, new blur effects. That's a third thing that's coming in these dev channel builds. And you hinted at this. It's the snap bar feature, which uh, apparently will pair up with Snap Assist for new ways to do multitasking. And the ability to drag up from the bottom of the screen to get into your quick settings or the task menu. I guess that's kind of like what's in what was in Windows 10X at one point. Now that that's five features that we just got to, but we're not done yet. He also says that Microsoft is looking to bring the acrylic and the blur effects to legacy title bar. So basically think about system apps like the run prompt or the win or these uh, control panel and those sorts of things. And again, 
a lot of this is stuff that we've been expecting and we've hoped that they would do. And it's pretty much them cleaning up Windows 11 and making it look a lot more consistent, which is what people complained when it first came out. Yeah, hey, totally. Like I said, I totally agree. I'm, I'm glad that we're getting, hopefully getting these things. And uh, to the point of updating the old dialog boxes and, and prompts in Windows with the acrylic and things like that, I hope that they also take this time to kind of reimagine some of those prompts like uh, your read and write files, the prompt that comes up for that, the dialog box for that, you know, could be reimagined, could be redesigned to show you, you know, better information about your read and write speed and things like that. Um, the other thing I would hope that they kind of get into uh, is the file explorer. I know that uh, there's supposed to be some new redesign for the file explorer that's introducing a home section. Yeah. So I know that, you know, it's, uh, it's really tough to kind of go back over 35 years of, of, a, of a utility app and fix, you know, break things and fix it. But let's just, you know, again, they added spacing. Let's add some different icons. Let's make it more inviting to use than, you know, the utility that it necessarily is right now. And that does it for that. But we're still not done with Windows 11 because there was a new Microsoft Defender preview app that you could now download on Windows 11. I know you had a chance to try it out. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, it is a information app so far. Uh, there's no real actions you can take on it. Uh, what it does is it kind of links all your devices together, gives you a hub. Essentially, it's a cool hub. Uh, visually speaking, it's really nice, but it's a hub that allows you to, I think, add uh, two phones and up to five PCs or something like that. So uh, what you can do basically is you can go into uh, iOS store, you can go into the Android Play, the Google Play Store, you can go into Windows uh, or the Microsoft Store, Windows 11 and get this app and uh, register all your devices on it. It'll run a quick scan for you know uh, certain things and it'll do it based on the operating system that it's working on. So if you're running a scan uh, on Android, obviously you'll need to give permissions, but it'll like see if there's any malicious apps or anything kind of doing things that it shouldn't be doing. Uh, for Windows 11, it'll kind of mimic the same thing that you're, you know, you already have kind of Windows Defender on there. Uh, what it does is mimic that, but it, again, like I said, it consolidates all your devices. So in Windows Defender, it only checks your PC, at least the one that's built into Windows. Uh, with this new app, you can also see what's happening on your device on your computer screen. Uh, so if your phone is not near you or if your family's phone, you know, if your wife is, if you have a wife or a partner's phone or your family's phone uh, registered on there, you can see if anything's happening on their phone as well. Uh, I do know that right now it's free to test, but um, based on some information that I, I guess the people over Windows Weekly were talking about, this could eventually become uh, a paid subscription kind of thing. So test it now for free while you can, uh, try it out. And I think you're gonna need a subscription to Microsoft 365, uh, which I think also includes people who have Office 365 as well, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, if you have one of those two things, um, you may already be in, eligible to keep using this and not have to pay more. But if you're not, um, you will eventually probably have to uh, pay a monthly subscription in order to use it. So this could be setting up that cloud connected network of features like you were saying as far as uh, going cross-platform and accessibility. Because again, Windows Defender is only a Windows, but this device crosses platforms. And that brings us setting there. And that brings us to our third topic. Uh, we just talked about rumored Windows 11 features to start, but now we're on actual 
confirmed and actual features that you will be able to test. So now if you are a release preview uh, Windows Insider or a beta channel Windows Insider, you're getting some features that Microsoft talked about a couple months ago and promised would be coming to all Windows 11 users this month. And that feature is the weather in the taskbar. Uh, seeing the date and time on multiple monitors and also sharing open application windows directly from your taskbar to a Microsoft Teams call. So three big Windows 11 features are now in testing in the in Windows Insider beta and release preview channels. So if you're excited for that, go ahead and opt your device into either one of those channels, which are one of the which are two of the more stable channels in the Windows Insider program. Yeah, I mean, there's not much more else to say to that one. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so yeah, if you're if you're uh, oh, and I think I think you're gonna have one chance this summer coming up to switch, switch yeah. channels. So keep that in mind if you are testing some of these features and you either do like the pace or you want to speed the pace because you know Windows Dev channels will soon be getting all of that stuff we talked about 15 minutes ago. So uh, just be prepared to switch channels and in order to go up or down that scale. And they did bring a Windows 10 feature to Windows 11 with this release preview and beta channel build. It, it's called the Windows Hello for Business Cloud Trust. Uh, you guys can Google it to figure out what it is. But basically, it's just it's just a security feature for FIDOTs and SSOs and those kinds of business features that Windows 10 uh, users were enjoying with the Windows 10 21H2 update. It's now also made its way to Windows 11 with this release. I think they want to speed up enterprise adoption. So you're going to start bringing <laughs> all of those security features uh, over pretty quickly. So speed up. Now it's time for a fast recap. Okay, put some time on the clock and let's see if we can get through this stuff. Uh, I'll let you jump on the first one. Yeah, Microsoft. Some thoughts about it. This is something that I wrote about when I saw it. I thought Microsoft was being kind of petty and being like, hey, Google, your, your stuff sucks now. Come get come to us because we were offering you it at a massive 60% discount. But you might, you guys might remember, it was a couple months ago last month that Google announced that it would be shutting down its GC, G Suite legacy free edition and that users would need to upgrade to a paid Google workspace to continue using those things. Uh, what's included in the GC legacy is usually like uh, custom domains. We have one here at on at, on Microsoft it used to be called Win Beta, and we we are using still using our Win Beta email for some things. But anyway, Microsoft has a reaction to Google shutting that down, and they put out this letter basically to to Google users who are now left without options. It says they have a 60% offer for 60% off offer on Microsoft 365 Business Basic, Business Standard or Business Premium. And in the blog post, Jared Spataro, who is the CVP for Microsoft 365, he basically got into all the benefits and how you get free access to Teams and you get free support. And he even told people about how easy it is to switch. And he gave a website where you could go to and talk with Microsoft and get yourself ready for making the switch from Google products over to Microsoft products. Yeah, I mean, that's it seems like a win for those people who are left wondering for uh, a low cost alternative. Uh, small businesses are probably yeah. going to uh, look into this. I know Microsoft's sales team has increased. They've reorged that. So this definitely helped them having this kind of discount for a year. I don't know what it goes up to after the year. So that'll be the 
the catch, the worm on the hook for everyone to kind of read the fine print, but uh, good, good on them. And why don't you get into OneNote for Web? I know you always use it, and it now is getting a whole bunch of features. Yeah, OneNote for Web got uh, a ton of features. Now, you have to keep in mind that this is for the web. So for those of you sitting there rolling your eyes as I read these off, this isn't for the desktop, which already had a lot of this. This is giving the web version parity, and we always want our web versions to have parity so we can start moving over to, to web uh, versions versus uh, dedicated apps. What we got is a new mode switcher. Uh, we got improved copy paste, uh, which is rolling out, zoom in and zoom out features, which uh, have support for touch enabled zooming. So uh, if you're you know, using your browser and you want to pinch and zoom, you can do that on your touch screen as well. Uh, we got setting the pictures in the background, uh, which is kind of a feature that uh, uses like another uh, dialogue prompt, which is being put into the uh, um, uh, the UI, which makes it easier to kind of pin these things. Uh, we're also getting um, the web version. Remember the last page you left, last page you left off on. As you kind of shift back and forth yep. between notes and pages, uh, which has never been the case, you usually had to kind of go back or refresh the page, and it kind of just throws up your whole flow. Uh, the other thing we get is we're getting auto inking with stylus. So if you do have a pen supported device, as soon as you touch the screen with a pen, it switches over to the auto inking mode. You don't have to go in and find it and click it and select it. Uh, which is always again good to speed up anybody who you know wants to start using pen activity. Uh, there's resizing uh, embedded web content uh, for as like such as videos. This was a little hard to do uh, via the web, but on the dedicated app, you can basically if you put in a video like a YouTube video or your own embedded uh, media, you could basically click and uh, click one corner and resize the entire thing to kind of fit your note however way you want it to. Uh, you couldn't really do that on the web version, but now you can. So again, putting in parity, uh, and then you have improved link sharing the uh, uh, team. So if you know Eric and I are in a chat, and I sent them a link. Uh, I can, and you know, say you know it's classified because it's business. Uh, I can grant him permissions. Uh, I can also um, uh, give him. He can also see a preview of it. And neither one of us have to leave the chat in order to do this. So this is pretty huge uh, in that in that respect. Again, because again, it just help speed up uh, your interaction with the app. And these are all rolling out over the next three weeks, I think they said. So again, this is the web, so it takes a little time for it to kind of filter out to everything. So keep checking it if you are uh, an avid OneNote web uh, user uh, and let us know when all the features are there for you. Hopefully they'll be done by you know sometime in March. Uh, but uh, keep in mind that if you don't see all of them or if you don't see any of them yet, that they are rolling out. And this is going to make OneNote even better. Not the only Microsoft that got updates. Uh, they also announced some updates for your phone. Well, a update for your phone, both on Windows 10 and Windows 11, by the way. And this was first uh, teased by a Microsoft employee on Twitter. She had a little tweet with the uh, feature, uh, with a screenshot of the feature. And now they also mentioned it in a Microsoft Answers blog post. And what's the feature? I, I didn't talk about it, but the feature is being able to see your most recently used Android apps in your Windows 10 or Windows 11 taskbar. And basically, it's just a little sub extension of your phone a little bit. Uh, if you click on the your phone icon that's in the system tray, you'll then get this little pop-up window where you'll see your three most, most recently used and most recently open apps from your Android phone and you could just click it and it would open it for you on Windows. But the bad news is that as cool as this is, 
it's something that will only work on Samsung phones. They specifically mentioned Samsung phones and a list of uh, new newer Samsung devices that have linked to Windows. And I think it was also, I think their Samsung Samsung One UI version 3.1.1. So it's not a feature everyone will get to use, but if you have a Samsung phone you're and you're a Windows Insider, you're going to get this new Android apps in the taskbar on your Windows PC. Yeah, I'm gonna try and go through this section pretty quickly. Like we're <laughs> running out of time. Yeah, uh, and this is actually a big one. So, uh, Microsoft released uh, its new App Store principles, uh, kind of uh, a guide uh, map to how they're going to be treating developers, how they're be treating customers, and how they're going to be engaging with uh, users uh, across the board. Again, not a bunch of, not a ton of new policies, but just some things that they want to try and adhere to as a business and put them in writing so people know where Microsoft stands on certain things. This isn't going to be a nebulous like Apple situation where it's like, oh, we sort of want you to do this, but we quietly don't want you to do that. They are at least trying to put this out uh, in writing. There's a ton of stuff. Uh, they go over quality, safety, security, and privacy. They want to make sure that everyone's held accountable. They want fairness and transparency. They want developer choice. Again, these are all buzzwords that every business yep. wants to kind of do. We'll have to see you know, the uh, proof is in the pudding. We'll see how they kind of adhere to all of this. The last few things I want to notice and bullet points that they had about broader set of commitments that they've added on top of the ones that we talked about, I believe, last year when they started making the original store changes. Uh, they, quote unquote, will uh, continue to enable developers to choose whether they want to deliver their apps for Windows through the App Store or from somewhere else, you know, somebody else's store or sideloaded, by the way. Uh, we will continue to give developers timely access to uh, all the tools they need. We will enable Windows users to use alternative app stores and third-party apps, including and, and by changing default settings in appropriate categories. They didn't say browser specifically, <laughs> but everywhere else, they're trying to make sure that you're able to tweak and, and use things from the Windows Store uh, or other stores on Windows itself. So uh, if please check out the, the piece that was written by our editor-in-chief, Kip. It's a very long list of stuff. Um, we have some other uh, news around that. So go to the website, read about the new principles. And as part of that, they also announced that they're committed to keeping Call of Duty on PlayStation, which is the last last little lug nut from that section there. Yeah, that was actually pretty big as well. It was great at the end of the statement. Uh, this is going ahead of uh, regulatory in, uh, uh, investigation, investigations into the deal. I, both parties seem pretty confident that it's going to go through. Uh, Microsoft is basically saying that it, it will commit to uh, the deals that were already signed by uh, Sony and that it also wants to continue servicing that platform beyond those deals. So I don't know if it means that Call of Duty would necessarily, uh, after three to five years, however long the commitments are, uh, will be exclusive, but they will allow other IP to go onto uh, PlayStation devices, or if they'll just keep doing that one and maybe new IP will be locked to Xbox Game Pass and Xbox uh, exclusives. But again, I wrote that one. You can head to the website and read more details on that too. And that's it. Our fast recap is over, which means it's time for our other, our other famous section, which is week ahead. Yes, the week ahead, we have a Microsoft security event on the 24th. I don't know the details of this event. Um, I know they've had a couple of security events before. I know that you added to the docket, so do you want to talk about what this might be? Yeah, it's basically just a little uh, event for IT admins and people who are in charge of cybersecurity at 
larger organization, and it's set for February 24th. And Microsoft's uh, corporate vice president of security, compliance, and identity, and several other security experts are going to be talking about the event and the latest uh, innovations that Microsoft has planned for its products and also other pl platforms and clouds to help uh, cybersecurity. There's a, a whole bullet list of things that they're expected to talk about, and it's uh, free to attend. You could sign in with a Microsoft account and get signed up and sit down and enjoy the stream on February 24th. Yeah, speaking of events, uh, Microsoft will also be hosting its Inspire event uh, July 12th through the 13th. They just announced this. Uh, this event is basically about people uh, submitting uh, solutions that they've used or that Microsoft's helped them use and awards are given out. So basically, if your company's run on Surface devices, or if your company uses the hell out of OneNote, or if you guys use specific, <laughs> if you guys use all kinds of different Microsoft securities or things like that, you can submit these things, and Microsoft will award people or award yeah. companies and businesses, uh, and they like to take time to kind of you know tell everybody, hey, thanks for using our stuff, and we think you guys are the best example of our products. So that will be hosted uh, the 12th to 13th. I believe it's also a digital event, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it seems to be yeah, they confirmed that it's all digital. It's not physical. It's one of the first Microsoft events of the year, and it's basically confirming that they'll be doing what they've done for the last two years and stick to digital events rather than in-person events. It's a two-day digital event, which is yeah. pretty interesting. Uh, so there's that as well. And now, now the meat. Talk about this one. This is the fun the, part. This was the meat of the story. We weren't we weren't too sure on the authenticity of the report, which is why we didn't really write about it and why we saved it for the podcast. But it's looking as though the next ARM-powered Surface could finally be powerful because a series of leaked uh, Geek Geekbench listings for the Qualcomm Snapdragon 8C3 8CX Gen 3 hinted at the performance potential of the next ARM-powered Surface device. We're not sure if it's a Surface laptop or a Surface Pro X, pretty much. But there was a code name listed in this Geekbench listing for the Qualcomm chip. It was, I think it's OEMVL, OEMVL product name EV2. It was listed in the Geekbench listings with the Qualcomm, the new Qualcomm chip. And people believe that this could be a Microsoft device with a Qualcomm chip, but not sure if it's a laptop or a Pro X, but it's looking as though Microsoft could have a new device coming out soon with this Snapdragon 8CX Gen 3 power chip in it. And by the way, it's it's a very fast device because in that listing, it kind of came on the same scoring as Intel's latest Core i7 U-series processors, which run at 25 watts. So whatever Microsoft has up its sleeves here, seems like it's going to be a pretty powerful Surface coming up here. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I, I would like to see it used um, for a laptop, actually, surprisingly, yeah. just because you get the screen real estate. So if they end up having a third option for configuration being Intel, AMD, or uh, LTE with Qualcomm, I think those would be pretty amazing. Because I don't think at the moment that they have a service laptop that has any type of uh, teleconnectivity, like yeah. it doesn't have telephony on it. So you can't do any of that kind of stuff outside of it. So again, if they make service laptop five with three configurations, one of them being LTE, but is the Qualcomm version of this, it'd be great. But we do run into the same issue of uh, 
Windows on ARM. So yeah. they need to sort that out. As but I mean, I guess the easiest place to put it in is in their Surface Pro X. People kind of already know what that is. Right. Uh, they can make it probably a thinner device. Uh, you know, keep or maybe just keep it the same, and just have more power behind it. The problem is, you have all that power, but none of the apps that can make use of it because of the hey, way they've they've, written, they've, so. they've made some gains with the emulation, the the sixty-four uh, bit app emulation. So there's a chance, and it seems like they were going hard on it because the i think the surface pro 8 is priced at one thousand one hundred dollars and the surface pro x with the sq2 chip is priced a little bit cheaper at around 900 or a thousand dollars so they're uh, they're trying to get bridge that gap a bit and get people to move towards the arm based version of windows i mean we've said it ad nauseum here that uh Part of Apple's secret sauce was the uh, the transition layer, the, the read layer of everything, the Rosetta of, of their uh, operating system. It helps keep the device super cool. You know, it's able to uh, de- uh, decompile a lot of the architecture there. If Microsoft can give us another leap ahead like they did in 2020, I think it was, 2020, November, whatnot, if they can do another leap ahead where, you know, that stuff just kind of works as it should, I think the Service Pro X, uh, could be the device uh, that people transition to, uh, you know, just normal people, uh, people that don't necessarily, you know, necessarily want a Chromebook, but do want something a little more powerful. And this could be the device for them. And now that's over with. Let's get back to the boring stuff, which is Microsoft acquiring <laughs> a cybersecurity firm. Yeah, Microsoft <laughs> talks uh, to acquire a cybersecurity firm. Um, now, I think, what did we say? Uh, this is man- Mandiant. Uh, and this is according to Bloomberg, the company Mandiant. Uh, again, if I'm mispronouncing it, I apologize. It's not a purpose. Uh, but Mandiant's a cybersecurity research firm, uh, research software and service firm. Uh, it was acquired by FireEye in 2013, um, but they were sold in 2021, leaving the company to focus on Mandiant Advantage and a subscription-based uh, service as uh, a software as a service platform designed to augment and automate security response teams. Uh, again, this is part of the mandate. I think we wrote about, uh, I wrote about last week about the Microsoft kind of taking this new Bill Gates 2.0 approach to security and moving it from making sure that just Windows is secure to making sure that everything across the board in their uh, in their portfolio is secure. Uh, uh, you know, they've been kind of beat up about uh, some malware stuff that's gone on. SolarWinds was an issue. Uh, the exchange, uh, I think last year, the exchange got hit with a bunch of different things. So just adding more um, armor, basically, to Microsoft services is what they're trying to do with this uh, acquisition, if it does go through again. They're just talking right now, and we don't have any concrete details on any of that. Um, but I think we said in this report that uh, there's another report from VentureBeat that Mandy at the same time is talking about acquisition, is, talk, is talking acquisition Microsoft is also partnering with one of Microsoft's chief rivals in the security uh, in, in the scenes response film, which is Sentinel One. I don't know who Sentinel One is, and, and this is the first time I've heard about them, so I have to look into them and see how much of a competitor they are. But uh, this could be, you know, just some way to get the bidding up. You know, uh, I'm sure Bungie did something very similar before it got eventually bought by Sony. So, you know, if they can get Microsoft to pay a little bit more, more power to them. But uh, hopefully, soon Microsoft will have more uh, ways to deploy as. Uh, security for all of its different platforms. And that said, I think that is the end of the show, unless you have any cool gadgets or anything that you're getting to review. 
Yeah, I'm reviewing the, uh, I don't even have the exact name for it. Like I said, I think it's Legion 5i Tower. I mentioned it last week. I actually took it out of the box. It is huge. I mean, it's a tower, <laughs> by the way. So uh, it's it's pretty cool. It's got some LEDs. Uh, keeps me up at night. Uh, it's got crazy fans. It's fun. Uh, but it only has 8 gigabytes of RAM, but it has a uh, crazy RTX graphics card in there as well. And like I said, once I'm done with this, uh, we will be putting this up for a giveaway. So uh, once my review, hopefully in the next week or two comes out, uh, we can run a contest. And maybe one of you people, one of you lucky fans can uh, get this and start running some games on it, start doing some graphic designing with it. You know, just start setting up your own uh, work from home studio if you'd like well, with this. Uh, yeah. That's what I got going. Nothing here on my end just yet, but we have Mobile <laughs> World Congress coming up in a few weeks, so we could expect some new products for review and also some news around that uh, event. Yeah, yeah, and before we leave, I know everyone's probably thinking, we'll touch a little bit on the Samsung event because they did talk about Microsoft. Yeah. And Samsung, uh, one of the big things that was kind of key in this whole thing, if you weren't just looking at camera bumps and you know curved screens, <laughs> is that Samsung is switching its storage solution to OneDrive. OneDrive is becoming more of a native uh, storage solution on the Samsung devices than it was prior to this. So uh, that's a big deal, a huge deal for Microsoft to get, you know, everyone to start saving all their photos and videos into OneDrive versus what I think, I forget what Samsung's solution was before this. So uh, this just means that they're getting closer together, which could have implications for all the other rumor stuff we talk about, which is, you know, maybe the AR headset thing or, um, you know, if they want to start working together on a, a launcher skin that helps with the, the Duo 2 or some other things like that, you know, they have a lot to work together for. So uh, if you're going to pick up an S22 anytime soon, uh, get ready to start saving stuff in OneDrive. It's pretty awesome. And, and you'll also be able to enjoy the new earphone thing that we talked about earlier. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you'll be it, it's actually more it is more in line with. Uh, oh, and I think second screen, wasn't that the other thing? Yeah, they had that, a, uh, an app on Windows that you could download and use your tab S8 or S8, S8 Plus, or the gigantic 14-inch S8 Ultra for your second screen on a Windows PC. Yeah, very similar to what Apple has been kind of showcasing with their update to uh, iOS and macOS, which is they have that kind of native sidecar, just thing, yeah. sidecar thing, which, again, it's, more, it's less of... Uh, mirroring a screen than actually sharing content between two different platforms. So, you know, you have the SA, which runs on Android, and you have Windows that runs on uh, you know, Windows. <laughs> and so uh, you'll be able to basically take content from, like, your OneNote, put it over into uh, the, on your tablet. And so, if you know, again, if you're a content creator and you need to quickly move files versus, you know, plugging in any, you know, because there aren't ports anymore in any, any devices, you can now just take put the screen next to it and drag it over to Windows and start working on it, or vice versa if you need to get on the go. So again, this is just another way that we're seeing Microsoft and Samsung kind of work together to, to kind of blur that line between Android and Windows and just give more users to use more things. And that's it. It's the end of the show now. So I'll leave you for the traditional outro. Yeah, I've rambled on long enough. You can find me <laughs> at Mindhead1 if you want to hear any more ramblings. Uh, that's me on Twitter. Where can people find you? A back journey. Awesome. Uh, and if you want to read uh, any more information about us, if you want to read any short uh, headline bit, tidbits, you can go on, on Microsoft on Twitter. Or if you want to read the full uh, articles that we write, uh, our opinion pieces, uh, any other type of information about us, uh, you can go onto our website. It's on Microsoft.com. And if you're a fan of gaming, you can go over to Pinterest and kind of see all the boards you have there. And there's also useful information. Uh, we you know, update that at night. 
uh, with all kind of gaming news. We also have an Instagram where we are trying to build our following. So go there if you want to see some memes or if you want to see uh, some screenshots and videos uh, from this podcast as well. Uh, and I think that's all the places we're on, right? Yep, I think you got them all. Oh, and YouTube and Spotify as yep. well if you yep. uh, want to listen or watch this. Thank yep. you guys for joining us for another week. Uh, we will let you go and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday. Hopefully you're watching us before the game. <laughs> yes. Have a good time. All right. See you soon, everyone. Same place, same time.